Welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black, and I am in, in Portland, Oregon, in the office of Culturebound, sitting across the table from Lauren Wells. Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you what do you do here at Culturebound? So I'm the director of training here at Culturebound. So I oversee all of Culturebound's training programs, but then I specialize in TCK programs. So that means that I work with the youth, I work with children who come to our trainings, and I also work a lot with parents. Okay, cool. So a little bit of the whole spectrum of TCK care. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, what does your work look like on a day-to-day basis? Do you work a lot with TCKs directly, uh, parents, developing curriculum? What, what, what all goes into your job? Yeah, so all of that. Um, a big part of my job right now is overseeing all of our training. So we do culture training, we do language training, we do transition training. And so I kind of coordinate all of the pieces for that and make sure that everything's running smoothly. We have some Portland-based trainings and then we also go to other organizations or two different parts of the world to do trainings for organizations. So I kind of keep all the pieces moving with that and make sure that we're all, all of us trainers are communicating well. And then as far as TCKs go, when we have Portland-based trainings, I run the TCK program and that usually means that I oversee people running the children's part of the program and the teen part of the program. And then I teach the parenting sessions myself and talk a lot about preventative care for TCKs and what nice. it looks like to move overseas with your kid. Yeah. And aside from that, I um, have an online presence for Third Culture Kids um, through tcktraining.com, and that's a ministry of Culture Bound. So it's okay. just directed toward the audience of TCKs and mm-hmm. people who work with TCKs, parents mm-hmm. of TCKs. Mm-hmm. Um, we found that that is such its own audience and its own crowd that it made more sense to have that be um, almost a separate ministry, but still Mm. part of Culture Bound. Mm -hmm. Um, So I run that and that is my TCK work on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Gotcha. And then of course the classic TCK question that I just have Mm. to ask, where are you from, Lauren? Oh man. It depends on who's asking and whether it seems like they want the real answer or not. (laughs) (laughs) So if it's a small talk conversation, I usually say Oregon, because that's where my husband and I have lived for the last five years. Sure. If I'm getting coffee with someone and they look like they want more of a real answer, then I'll say I grew up in Tanzania, but before that, my family lived in California. I went to school in Indiana. My husband's from Ohio, so I spent a lot of time there, and we've now been in Oregon for five years. So okay. this is home, and this is where we're raising our kids right now, and yeah. that is the answer for cool. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So she's an East Africa TCK, so don't mess with her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. So Lauren, I was really excited um, to sit down and meet with you because when I uh, reached out about talking on the podcast, Mm -hmm. you had expressed interest on uh, talking about grief um, and TCKs. And this is a topic that I feel very deeply about. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of TCKs are going to feel deeply about this, obviously, because it's such a big aspect of the TCK experience. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts uh, on grief, Lauren? I think that for third culture kids, especially grief is something that they're going to deal with for their entire lives Mm -hmm. because they are leaving and going and coming and they have so many people coming in and out of their their lives throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And that often doesn't stop when they grow up and become adults. There's still things that they're going to have to grieve and process through throughout their entire lives. And so finding ways of processing grief well at a young age is going to be incredibly 
incredibly useful for their whole lives. Yeah. So it's something that you, you start well with and then you right. can keep building on that throughout your, your life, but it's not something you're going to lose the need for. Mm, right. On the interview with uh, Michael Pollock, uh, mm. he was talking about how TCKs experience more significant relational loss in their first 18 years of life than the average person does in their entire lifespan. And so yes. I definitely hear that how that's a, a, a big need to get sort of get a get a hold of that and get on top of that at an early age as opposed to trying to play catch up later. Yeah, and I think playing catch up is something that happens naturally for TCKs mm. and they end up moving overseas and they kind of just go through life and especially mm. if their parents aren't well informed about the grief that their kids are dealing with and mm. that they will deal with. Yeah. It ends up being something that they get into their 20s and they go into a counselor's office and the counselor says, "Wow, it seems like you have a whole lot of unresolved grief issues." <laughs> and that's true. They look back on their life and they realize that this has all just taken place, but they yes. haven't processed through it as it's come. It's just happened. And now they have to figure out what to do with this huge load of grief they've been carrying, sometimes right. without realizing that's what they've been carrying. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess that was going to be one of my questions is, can you play catch up? And if you haven't started off strong and haven't um, haven't found a good way to process grief, is mm -hmm. there a way to go back and retroactively uh, retroactively deal with that grief that you've been carrying and that has been building up um, for your for your you know whole life as the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big part of my story. So growing okay. up in Tanzania, we moved overseas when I was 12 and didn't go with an organization that had any other families. So we were the mm. first family they ever sent overseas. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have any training. My parents didn't really know what a TCK was. Yeah. And while we were living overseas, there were a lot of traumatic things that happened and one of them resulted in us being sent home with 10 days notice. Mm. So we wow. left really quickly and I didn't get to go back to that place and see those people again for 10 years. Mm. And then my husband and I got to go back, which was really um, healing. Yeah. But there were so many things that happened and then we, we returned back to Africa to a different place and and through all of this, life just kept going on. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there wasn't ever a, wow, let's pause and realize all of this grief that's happening it's just like okay we're gonna keep going and this is hard but this is what's happening yeah um and so it wasn't until i was in college that i started to realize that there were things in myself that were stemming out of this grief that i'd been carrying mm. and that i really needed to do the hard work of going back and working through that yeah um, and a, a big thing for me was going back um, with my husband a year after we got married we were able to go back to tanzania for three months so that he could see where i grew up and that's when we went back to that first place that we had lived that i hadn't been back to for 10 years and see those people again and just really work through what happened there mm -hmm. and seeing it from an adult perspective, having left when I was 14 at that time, mm -hmm. you often imagine it differently. Yeah, And so right. going back as an adult and kind of re-experiencing it and allowing myself to really grieve that loss that mm. I hadn't as a 14-year-old, mm -hmm. um, that was really significant for me. And then just learning what grief looks like mm -hmm. and that that is something that even as an adult TCK, can still come up from things that you've experienced as a younger TCK. Mm -hmm. So because you've experienced that as an adult, it might come up in, in different ways, even seeing a picture of the place where you grew up or mm -hmm. seeing something on the news, all of a sudden you start getting really emotional and you're wondering what is this connection that I'm clearly having. Right. Um, so 
working through that as an adult is also also really important. So yeah, definitely. To answer definitely. your question, you can unpack it later. And it's hard, <laughs> but it's so good too. Sure, yeah. But obviously that's not the ideal, right? Ideally, we'd want to be able to process grief um, sort of as it happens. And maybe we should, yeah. maybe we should get into that a little bit. What, do you, what are your thoughts about processing grief? Yeah, so um, I, I think I was telling you I, I focus a lot on preventative care with mm-hmm. third culture kids. Which, God bless you, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's, that's definitely my passion is how can we raise healthy kids overseas? Yes, right. Being a TCK is an amazing experience. They have so yeah. many amazing attributes and wonderful qualities. So how can we capitalize on those mm-hmm. and give parents tools to raise their kids so healthily while they're living overseas? And so one of those ways and one thing that I talk a lot to parents about is this idea of grief. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to be moving overseas with your four-year-old and your two-year-old, mm-hmm. how can you be teaching them right now how to process their grief so that when they're experiencing it, they already know kind of how to get along with it, how to start this processing and then keep building on that and getting better at it throughout their life. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that just happens when they're an adult. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of things that I talk to parents about are um, this idea of anger often being the result of grief. Okay. And so when you're getting ready to move overseas, um, often I'm working with parents who are on their way out overseas, so they haven't been living there yet. Mm-hmm. And so their kids often start acting out and start being a little bit um, more touchy, a little bit more um, easily angered. And often that is an outpouring of their grief and they don't know what... Right. It is. They just know that they have these big yucky emotions and they don't know what to do with them. So they act out. Right. And there's a balance between diffusing anger and processing grief. Mm. And both are important because grief processing can't happen in the midst of anger Mm. because their brain is so fired up that they can't stop and process Mm -hmm. this grief that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so instead you diffuse the anger. Mm. So you can do that tell parents to have their kids do jumping jacks or take a deep breath or count to 10 or go play at the park, find ways to diffuse the anger, but it can't stop there. And I think that for parents, a lot of the time they deal with that immediate emotion right? and they say, okay, let's, let's get to a good place. Let's, let's get away from being so angry and whatever this fit is. And, and then it ends. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they don't move on to the grief processing, which is sitting in the emotions Mm -hmm. that they're experiencing and finding ways to process through those, whether it's writing about it or drawing a picture about it or kids, I oftentimes have them sculpt out of Play-Doh things Mm -hmm. that they're missing or things that they're feeling. And that's a really good way for them to learn to process grief. Because again, if TCKs learn that they need to just squash the negative emotions and move forward, that's going to be their process their entire lives. When they really need to learn how to slow down and write through their grief or color through it or draw through it or Mm -hmm. whatever, but sit in it and Mm -hmm. not just push it aside and keep going. Mm -hmm. So parents can help their kids learn how to do that Mm -hmm. even as they're four years old and moving overseas the first time. Right. Um, going back to what you were saying earlier, you talked about processing grief as uh, sitting in the grief. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's interesting. And I, I think that, you know, the end result feels like getting out of the grief. But the mm-hmm. way we do that is 
really by taking time to sit in the grief and to do that appropriately, not to wallow in the grief as if we're going to live there forever, mm-hmm. but definitely to sit there and to be present in that moment, to feel it and to feel it fully and then to, uh, to let it go, I think. Yeah. And I was thinking about grief a while ago and I was thinking, you know, it's almost like we have this like sorrow sphere mm-hmm. in inside our soul where if we, uh, if we experience grief, if something happens, a loss happens or something, we take the grief and pack it into this dark place in our soul where we don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But we we're talking about, about like writing through the grief and artistically expressing the grief and giving it a name or an image or a face. It's almost like you're taking that grief and externalizing it. And so your sorrow sphere is not inside your soul where you're mm-hmm. constantly having to wrestle with it and deal with it, but it's outside of yourself where you can look at it and give it a name and even share that with others, right? And yeah. so, yeah. And I think that's why unresolved grief is so powerful because mm. if it's unresolved, it just sits in you and yeah. with you right. and it's never brought out into the open and dealt with. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly facing grief, diffusing whatever the negative emotions around it are and right. then dealing with it and sitting in it and working through it, right. you're able to move forward without it being so internally I don't know, even internally combusting (laughs) inside of you that all of a sudden it comes out later and you're not sure why or how. Right. Um, And I like that you talked about um, how anger is a secondary emotion. mm -hmm. And uh, a therapist once told me that unless you're punched in the face, anger is almost always a secondary emotion, you know. And so I I love that you said that, you know, anytime your kid is expressing anger, yes, um, diffuse the anger and get to a place where that's not the presenting issue anymore, but then Mm -hmm. take that another step to find out what the real issue is, whether that's um, a feeling of overwhelming grief or perhaps Mm -hmm. a feeling of being hurt or being scared about, you know, the unknown in the transition that's coming up or whatever the case may be. Find that, you know, find that underlying issue and work through that appropriately. So yeah, yeah, that was, that's definitely huge. And a big part of that as well is really knowing your kid. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that anger does mean that there's grief, but it can mean other things too. And that's mm-hmm. something that as parents are moving overseas, I tell them to hone in on that if their child isn't usually a frustrated, angry child, and all of a sudden they're experiencing this, think about who they are and what they've been experiencing in this point in time. Because maybe your introverted child is just really tired of standing up in front of people and meeting new people every Sunday. Right. Or they're really um, just not wanting to go out into a new culture again because it's so exhausting. Yeah. Or your extroverted child has not had meaningful interactions with friends in a long time. And so that comes out as anger. So if you think about your kid and the things that they need in order to do well in life, the things that fulfill them, if those things haven't been happening, then maybe that's the source of their anger. So it can't always be tied to grief, but definitely always points to something. Sure. Yeah. Some bigger underlying issue. Definitely. And then one of the, one of the I think the challenges TCKs face in processing grief is that often processing grief needs to happen in community. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's necessarily um, absolute. I don't think it has to happen that way, but sometimes you just need to talk about grief with people. And I think that in the TCK community, um, people are, you know, more mobile than average. And so the significant um, players in your life come and go. And uh, I think that kind of, uh, makes grieving interesting, mm-hmm. shall we say. Yeah, community is hard with TCKs yeah. for the exact reason that you said people are coming and going so much. And it's hard, especially as you grow up in that community, to be 
open and willing to invest in people to the point of being able to grieve through things with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually your family is Mm -hmm. with you the whole time. Yeah, And so I really emphasize the family being really intentional about being open and honest about the hard stuff and the big stuff Mm -hmm. and even doing things like family meetings And Mm -hmm. getting together once a week or every night and just talking about what was your favorite thing about the day and what was the hardest thing about the day or the week or whatever. But having a space where everybody feels like they can be heard and there's already a set time and opportunity for grief to Mm. be talked about. Yes. It makes it so much less awkward than if it's more like, oh, this really hard thing happened and now we need to sit down and talk with mom and dad about it. Yeah. It becomes a, okay, well, we naturally have these family meetings every night or every week. And so, wow, this really hard thing happened this week. How's that going? What are you thinking about this? And it just opens the communication for whatever's happening. And if there's a traumatic event that happens, mm-hmm. you already have a debriefing process built into mm-hmm. your family. Yeah. So it good. doesn't become something that's that's awkward yeah. and strange. It's just your normal family rhythm. Yeah. But a big part of that is making sure that you as a parent are an example mm-hmm. of grieving well. Mm-hmm. Because as we know as parents, yeah. your kids are watching you right. and they're getting all their cues from you and mostly what you do and not what you say. Yes. Fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> and so it's really important that they're seeing you grief and seeing mm-hmm. you process and do it well. And doing mm-hmm. it well doesn't mean not having it mm-hmm. or hiding it or not showing it, mm-hmm. which I think some parents tend to do that naturally. They think, yes. I don't want my kids to see me crying or grieving or having a hard time with this. Um, but instead, Let them see it and let them see how you work through it in healthy ways. So that could be journaling. That Mm -hmm. could be um, sitting down and drinking a cup of tea. It could be meeting with a friend. But the important thing is I think even if parents are really good about doing that themselves, Mm -hmm. they don't often communicate to their kids Mm -hmm. that that is why and that's Mm -hmm. the connection. Mm -hmm. So they don't usually say to their kids, yeah, I am sitting down and journaling for an hour because I am having a really hard time and really need to process through these feelings. Right. And yeah. so their kid just knows they're sitting there writing a book, but they don't really yeah. understand the connection. And so it's important for parents to be verbalizing, mm-hmm. especially when they're moving overseas, verbalizing to their kids, I am having a really hard day. I'm really missing people at home. I think I need to just take an afternoon and have some time. Let's have some time as a family. Let's yeah. make some cookies. Let's sit down and have a cup of tea, whatever. Yeah. And work through that with your kids together as a family yes, in absolutely. a way that they can see that that's the process and that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. A couple of things that stand out from that. Number one is that, you know, you can carry grief inside your soul. And I think having that scheduled time where you have uh, you have this grieving uh, opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, you can carry the grief inside your soul for a little while. Yeah. You know, you uh, sometimes it's sometimes when something dramatic or difficult or saddening happens, you have you it really takes some time to process exactly why it is that that disturbed you, what yeah. happened. And so, you know, it gives you time to say, okay, well, this thing happened to me now. And I'm not sure what to do with it, but I know that I need to get it out and mm-hmm. I will get it out. Um, just, I don't have to get it out right now. I don't have to like cry on the spot and lose control of my emotions and allow my emotions to over overwhelm me. I can kind of 
uh, push it down, but not for the sake of forgetting about it. I can kind of hold it inside myself until I get to that, you know, mm-hmm. Sunday night meeting or whatever the whatever it is, and then let it out. And then number two, I also think, you know, um, growing up in West Africa, there were certain um, instances within culture in which grieving was completely appropriate. And people would come into that space who you wouldn't think like, okay, this is a funeral, but it's not a funeral of your relative. But they'd come into that space and they would grieve with people. Mm -hmm. And so there were places where like it was uh, a community grieving place. And that what you were talking about of having that grieving space kind of reminded me of that too, like creating space and time for grieving. Yes. That's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. To speak to your first point, I think that having that space that is expected is really helpful. Um, I've been in this, we call it a growth group. It's a group of moms that I get together with um, once a week. And it's all about going deep and talking about the deep stuff. Mm. And it's so helpful because usually I, it takes me a while to process through things and then realize what I think about it and how I feel about it and then be able to verbalize it. So if something happened to me on a Tuesday, which is the day that this group is, I'm probably not going to show up on Tuesday night and be able to talk about it and express my feelings about it. Right. But I know that in a week I probably can. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's going to be the space and the time for that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the time overseas counseling services are getting so much better overseas, but Mm -hmm. When something traumatic happens overseas, a lot of the time that family will go to counseling mm-hmm. very quickly and for a very short period of time. Yeah. And that can be really, really good and really, really helpful. But it's challenging in that space to know and get to the point, especially kids, of mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. process what is actually happening and process through those feelings. Right. And so I I know families who still the kids still get stuck in their grief, even though they went to counseling right when it happened. But it just didn't settle long enough for them to actually process through it and work mm-hmm. through it. It was mm-hmm. like, we're going to do this and we're going to be done and we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's established in the family mm-hmm. and it's something that's talked about and on an expected basis, so they know that this is coming up and that they can express things at this point in time, yeah, it just gives a little bit more... A lead way for these kids to be able to think through and process these things. Right. Yeah. Well, and then also, you know, um, when something, uh, when something negative happens, it's, I've heard that it's always best to process, um, sooner rather than later yes. and that, you know, things build up and the problem can, uh, get bigger, even though, you know, it is what it is. It can get bigger in your mind. It can like have more damage in your soul as you, blow it up so to speak and so it's always better to process things as quickly as possible and having you know having that uh, that process for grief uh, for grief processing i suppose um, within the family already set up and established i think that would be helpful even if mm-hmm. you are going to go to counseling you're going to get there as soon as possible having uh having a rhythm and a process for grief already established in your family is going to just help kids be aware of uh, be aware of their emotions and have a way to process that um, as needed. Mm -hmm. I also liked what you said about how different cultures process grief differently Mm -hmm. and how it can be more visible in different places than, um, in other places. And I think that that's something that we can really learn from other Mm -hmm. cultures. Yeah. Um, because sometimes our culture, wherever that is, any culture may not do it well or do certain parts well, Sure. but there are other cultures that do it in a different way that may be 
um, better or just more um, authentic and more of a processing. Sure. And there's a yeah. dedicated period of time to process this grief. And so it is really neat. It's something that, that third culture kids absolutely can take advantage of and something mm. that can be a gift to them is to see how other cultures grieve and apply that to their own lives as TCKs because it may not be something that they would learn from their parents or in their passport culture. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you were talking a little while ago about um, about how sometimes as parents it's difficult to um, display grief or to verbalize it with your children. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we as parents want to appear strong and feel the need to be strong for our family, like be the strong one that holds us all together. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's, you know, I think that there is strength in vulnerability and yes. it is a form of strength to grieve and to be, uh, to be vulnerable and authentic uh, with those who are closest to you. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that strength is only one, you know, it's only one aspect of uh, your character and your nature. And um, when we over-focus on that, other things are going to get neglected. And grief is uh, just as an important emotion. Um, obviously, you know, we have it, and so <laughs> it's an important emotion. And so I think that, you know, there's strength in um, in processing that, in being honest with your kids and your family. And I really like that you said that, you know, you need to set an example. Parents need to set an example for grieving process, uh, for processing grief to our, mm -hmm. for the TCKs. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that definitely needs to be age specific sure. to the child. Yeah, right. So you would process grief um, externally very differently to your two-year-old than you would <laughs> to your 14-year-old, but still it happens in some way. And yes. it's still okay to say, mommy's really sad right now yeah. because I'm missing my sheets or right. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> my bed that I really loved back in yeah. my passport country. Yeah. Um, so I think that that, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah. I think it's also really important for parents to be willing to talk about the losses mm. and I think that that's something that again they shy away from because they don't want their kids to feel like they're losing more than they are because their parents yes. brought it up or they brought up something they didn't the kid didn't even think of in the first <laughs> place or right that sort of thing but it is really important that they are acknowledging how much loss mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. kids are dealing with Mm -hmm. and that they're experiencing it too. And I think that's the part that often gets left out is there are great TCK resources on teaching, um, helping your kids to process the losses and talk about what they're going to miss and yes. saying goodbye to people and places and things and that sort of thing. I think it's also really important for the kids to see their parents doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so talk about the anticipated losses with your kids that you're going to have and the places that you're going to miss. And it just normalizes it right. and makes it not just the kid problem. Yeah. But this is something everybody's going through and we're all grieving this together. Yeah. And I think that that community aspect of it becomes really important. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. is very isolating if you're the kid and you you think that you're the only one who's going through this grief because you're not seeing how significant it is for your parents as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I was I was just reminded of when we left the Philippines, our oldest was, I want to say two, but maybe three. And we were talking about what the transition would mean for him, you know, mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. And we we're saying, you know, we're going to have to leave. And our house helper, who was, you know, essentially a part of our family, we we're like, we're not going to be able to see her anymore. And these are some of the things we're going to leave behind. And he's like, well, 
are we going to take my toys? And we said, yeah, we're going to take your toys. <laughs> and he thought about it and he said, well, are we going to take the floor? And we're like, no, no, we're not, no, we're not going to take the floor. I don't know. It's just interesting what, you know, processing grief looks like for different people. Got to leave the floor behind. It yeah. stays with the house. Yeah. <laughs> and then if he was two, we probably spent a lot of time on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was significant. You do it very well. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, Lauren, it looks like we're uh, winding down on time. I was just going to ask if you had any final thoughts. Um, really appreciate what you've said about, uh, just about how, you know, anger and an expression of emotion is often is usually just the tip of the iceberg and there's a deeper issue there and that we really need to get to the get to the deep issues that we need to process together. We need to be examples for our uh, for our kids and uh yeah, I guess we need to process grief. We need to, you know, write through it, color through it, sculpt it out, do whatever it is that sort of externalizes and um, really names your grief. Um we've talked about a lot of valuable things, but I was just gonna ask if there's um, if you have any final thoughts or inspirational quotes or no inspirational quotes, <laughs> um, <laughs> the only other thing that I can think is that it's also important to make sure that the people who are around the kids and supporting the kids and supporting the family are aware of the grief. Mm. I think that people often look at third culture kids and think, wow, this is such an amazing experience. And they tell them what a great experience and how lucky they are to have this experience and that sort of thing. And they often don't quite realize yeah. the significance of the grief. And so, mm. um, having that be in the conversation with the people that are around them, especially grandparents and mm -hmm. um, people who are close to the kids. Sure. It is really important that they're aware and older TCKs when they're in college, it's okay for them to express to their friends and everything mm -hmm. um, and be talking to people around them mm. about this mm -hmm. grief that they're processing mm -hmm. and dealing with. That seems like a little bit of a tricky issue in that, you know, you want people to be aware of your kids, but you don't want to, overexpose your kids, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think about that? I think that it is tricky. I think that there's a balance for sure. Like anything. Um, I think that it's more important, like I was saying with uh, prominent people in the kids' lives. Yeah, so family sure. members, I wouldn't say up on a stage as you're trying to raise support or talk to your business coworkers about your move overseas or that right. sort of thing. Right. Um, but when you're talking with family members, it could be helpful for you to even have a private conversation with them that just mm. says, hey, this is really cool that we're moving, but if you could just remember that this is hard for the kids too and keep that in mind when you're talking with them and right. that sort of thing just to kind of bring a little bit of clarity into that for the people who may right. not be thinking in that yes. direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's nice and that, you know, um, we've talked about processing grief um, from the TCK's perspective, we've talked about processing grief as a family and how that can be a really helpful resource mm -hmm. to the kids. And then this is sort of um, uh, taking one step back further and talking about you know, processing grief um, as appropriately as a broader mm -hmm. TCK uh, community. Yeah. So I think that's cool. It kind of touches on all of the different spheres of a TCK's life. So yeah, that's good. Thank you, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this week on TCK Care, the podcast as Lauren Wells from Culture Bound joined us to talk about guiding the grieving process for TCKs. This has been such a good conversation for me to be a part of. Um, I really enjoy having these conversations. I think that Lauren brought a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight uh, to the table. And I think that she had some great examples uh, of just how to help your how to help your TCKs process grief or how to help you as a TCK 
process grief, how to do that personally, how to do that as a family, and then how to do that within community appropriately. If you'd like to get more content from Lauren, uh, if you thought that she's had some interesting things to say, you should check out what she has to write. You can find her blog on TCK Training. Uh, you can check out some of her work at Culturebound, and links will be provided in the episode notes. So go to tckcare.com, check out the links, and while you're there, TCK Care, the podcast, is a part of my ministry for TCKs. If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you'd like to be a part of this ministry, I would encourage you to consider making a financial contribution to this ministry so that I can keep having these conversations, keep reaching out to TCKs and spreading the word about TCK issues and uh, creating this content to support the TCK community. I will provide a link for that as well in the episode notes that will take you to a personal giving page for this ministry. Um, so I just encourage you to go, ch- go to tckcare.com, check that out. And uh, if you feel like this is something that you want to be a part of, that you would like to make a difference in, then uh, I just encourage you to take that step. I hope you'll come back again next week as we hear another TCK tale from a TCK from West Africa who is running a TCK podcast. Sound familiar? Tune in next week. <laughs>